The Blockhash Podcast is also brought to you by Viva Digital. Viva Digital has a team of experts that can solve the technological problems of your computer. They can also offer the best advice to carry out those computer projects that you have planned. They are located in beautiful Medellin, Colombia in Monterey Mall. Be sure to follow them on Instagram at vivadigital.com.co and don't miss any promotion. The Blockash Podcast is also brought to you by the Liberland Aid Foundation. The Liberland Aid Foundation is the humanitarian arm of the Free Republic of Liberland, whose philosophies of freedom, volunteerism, and charity communicate to the international community the compassion that Liberland has for the world. The Liberland Aid Foundation is a U.S.-registered 501c3. All donations made are tax-deductible. To learn more, go visit liberlandfoundation.org. All of the awesome audio and beats on the Blockhouse podcast are brought to you by my good friend Tiger at It's Tiger Music. So go check out It's Tiger on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Music. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another live episode of the podcast. Um, hopefully the lighting isn't too bad on this one, but it already looks like crap. Anyways, I'm going to talk about some more stuff in the news cycle today um, that I think is pretty relevant. Before I do that, I do have a guest coming on. Dun, dun, dun. Um, we're going to get something recorded pretty soon. She's really cool, awesome lady who is doing some great um, social awareness and she has a new business that that, uh, she's launching right now. So we're going to bring her on the podcast and help her promote her business and talk a little bit about what she's doing. Um, We're going to tie into uh, some crypto into that as well. So it's always fun. I like bringing on people outside of crypto to get their opinion as well. Mostly founders and CEOs, people in the C-suite, people that, you know, are, entrepreneurs, investors. I love bringing in different people outside of crypto as well. So I'm going to bring her on soon, probably next Wednesday, and definitely pick her brain a bit on what she might want to do in this digital age, whether she wants to bring on crypto or something like that. So excited to have her on. Should be pretty fun. Um, Hold on, I got to turn this off. But I'm going to talk about some stuff in the crypto cycle and the news cycle that I think is relevant and important uh, for this week, um, just three different articles. I'm not going to do this for too long, but one of them being uh, something regarding Bloomberg, another being the Flamingo platform, Flamingo protocol being launched by NEO, which I think is also um, a fun topic given the fact that it's another situation where China's kind of ripping off the US again, potentially. And then the FCA ban in the UK, that's important. So that could have a reverberating effect. So we need to cover that. So starting off with the Bloomberg article. Um, So there's an analyst uh, for Bloomberg called Mike McGlone. I think I'm saying his name right. Mike McGlone. He's predicting that Bitcoin will be worth 100,000 by 2025. Um, so people have been predicting Bitcoin's price, at least trying to predict Bitcoin's price for a while. So, you know, I, it doesn't really matter too much whether he predicts it to go to that level or not. But because it's coming out of Bloomberg and analysts from Bloomberg, you know, you're starting to get into, um, you know, legacy finance 
uh, news cycles. I think it's important to bring this stuff up because it's not just some guy in the crypto space. I mean, it's somebody within Bloomberg. It's like someone at JP Morgan saying this or someone at a big bank or big tech company um, or like Jack Dorsey saying this or Elon Musk saying this. You know, you're getting people outside of the realm in crypto that are interested, that are starting to have some more positive bullish um, demeanors towards Bitcoin and crypto. So I think that's important. And, you know, I mean, he bases it off of, you know, some relevant data too. So he, he's making this case because Bitcoin, based on past trends, Bitcoin has, you know, in 2017 was able to go from about $1,000 to $10,000 in a four-year period. So he's thinking that in a four-year period from now, you might have the same factor where Bitcoin could go from 10,000 to 100,000. I mean, it's plausible. I mean, who knows how high it could go or if it does dip lower. So it's a, it's a decent basis. But what's more important and that he actually noted, which I liked, is that demand and adoption metrics um, really support this upward trend. And by metrics, I'm talking about um, Bitcoin addresses in particular, because just in 2020, in 2020, we've gone from 684,000 active Bitcoin addresses to almost a million, 981,000. Just year to date, and 2020 is not over. That's a big leap and it's important because the last time Bitcoin had a little over a million active Bitcoin addresses, I think it was like 1.1 million. Bitcoin was $14,800 roughly, close to five, uh, excuse me, close to $15,000. So there's a correlation between open active Bitcoin addresses and the price. So the fact that those Bitcoin addresses are going up does show that there's potential for this Bitcoin uptrend to continue moving. Um, I think it was wise for him to point that out. It's an important uh, indicator in metric. And I mean, he thinks it's undervalued and that Bitcoin will be 14,000 by the end of this year, by the end of 2020. And I think that's a realistic mark. I mean, Bitcoin may or may not get to that point, but I think over the holidays, people sit down decide where they want to put their money and reinvest, I think it'll be an area of interest. So I could see 14,000 or 15,000 by the end of the year, but we need some strong momentum to pick up because it's late summer, early fall so far has been pretty flat. So we'll see what happens. The second thing in the news cycle I want to talk about was Neo launching Flamingo. So this has been getting a lot of interesting pushback and debate. Um, because it looks like NEO is trying to compete with DeFi on Ethereum. And well, the question is, you know, is this like a whole another you know, copycat issue where NEO is trying to um, rip off Ethereum or China's trying to rip off um, a US uh, based development? So that's what the, the controversy is. If you've heard about it, that's what the talk is about. But you know, Flamingo so far has attracted $1.6 billion of collateral on the protocol for Flamingo already, which is more than half of what's on Uniswap with Ethereum. So, I mean, there's some traction, um, whether you think that's an issue or not, it, it's growing. Um, the benefit for NEO, though, which most people overlook, is the fact that it has near zero transaction fees. That's a huge benefit over Ethereum 
you know, which has roughly to date $2.24 on average for a transaction fee. So, you know, and getting into DeFi, you know, that's a big factor for Ethereum. If you're going to have fees that are going to be that high on average, I mean, it's going to be hard to do collateralized loans uh, and offer derivatives and other assets and tokens and things like that, other benefits. Um, but, you know, if NEO can pull it off, they can grab a huge chunk of that space away from Ethereum. So that's something I want to watch really closely. And it could be a whole resurgence for NEO. Uh, because, you know, they, they got their own market. Ethereum isn't really tapped into China or the Asian market as much as NEO is, as much as Cardano is or some other platforms. So there's room for NEO to grow and there's room for NEO to grab some of that market share when it's related to DeFi. So I think it'd be interesting to see what Flamingo, ha what happens with Flamingo, what they're able to do with that. Um, and of course, this comes during heightened geopolitical tension between the U.S. and China. So obviously there's going to be a whole lot of finger pointing and saying that one person is stealing something from the other. Um, you know, that already happens with Ethereum where people would pretty much copy and paste the blockchain uh, and then just kind of branch off of that. But I mean, it's what the space is kind of built on. So you can't really blame people. There's so many things that have come off of Bitcoin and they don't get a whole lot of flack either. So I don't know. I mean, we can point fingers all day, but the reality is whatever ends up working, that's what I care about. So, I mean, if Ethereum can't figure out their shit, I don't care if there's a platform that, that copied them and does it better, as long as someone actually does it. The third piece of news that I want to talk about, which is not necessarily a bad thing for everybody, but it could have a reverberating effect. So the financial conduct, con, conduct, the Financial Conduct Authority, the FCA in the UK, published rules banning the sale of derivatives and exchange-traded notes, ETNs, referencing certain types of crypto. So essentially, this is a ban on certain types of crypto <laughs> and the way that you can offer it and it being sold. So the ban affects the sale, marketing, and distribution of to retail consumers of unregulated crypto assets. Now, I, I'm not from the UK, so I can't tell you what is a regulated and unregulated crypto asset, but this is a clampdown on things that aren't you know, being registered through the system fully. Um, anything, so you can't just create a token and then all of a sudden offer it. You can't just create um, a digital financial product and then offer it. There's a registry process you got to go through a regulatory process that has, has to be done. Um, you know, and while this won't necessarily affect, affect crypto in general, it will create a roadblock for tokens and again, bring up this whole entourage of marketing related issues that we've been dealing with for a long time. So this is an issue in the UK, not an issue in the US, but it was brought on by um, a regulatory authority in the U.S. So this actually comes after the CFTC said that BitMEX violated the Bank Secrecy Act and facilitated unregistered trades to U.S. traders. So the U.K. is acting based off a U.S. regulatory uh, body. And, you know, that just makes the slope towards regulation even more slippery. Like this is already very, very slippery. So clearly governments are worried about the growing impact of crypto related 
instruments um, and investment tools. And you know, as crypto continues to grow, as the overall market cap grows, as more products and services and instruments and ways to get into this industry continue to come out and evolve, so is government. You know, so is regulations. They're going to continue hammering away to make examples. And BitMEX is becoming an example right now. And as a result of that, there's regulations through the FCA in the UK. So, you know, that could happen in the US, that could happen in another country, in Asia, in Europe. Um, you know, all it takes is one big regulatory body that's well known to step in and say something. So hopefully, you know, some of this stuff gets rebutted in court. Some of this stuff gets debated. Some of it's mediated. Some At some point, we get some clear laws. I think we'd all love some clear laws on crypto. Because it's not enough to just say Bitcoin is property, Ethereum is property, everything else we don't really know yet. And that's not helpful. You know, for an industry that's growing so fast, evolving so quickly, we need clarity, crystal clarity on what to do. Then you'll see institutions really pour money in, corporations really pour money in, develop and build on these platforms. So, you know, we're waiting on that. That's something huge we're waiting on. And we can't do that without proper regulations. And just having blanket bans like this don't help. But it's important to make note of it. That's why I'm bringing it up. And hopefully some, something good will come out of it. And, you know, maybe the courts will make a different, uh, different decision. So anyways, those are three things I want to talk about. One, Bloomberg, um, you know, their interesting prediction and um, where Bitcoin could likely go the rest of 2020. Neo's wonderful, beautiful flamingo. What happens with that? Does that really affect the DeFi space? Does that affect Ethereum and the FCA in the UK? So I'm going to leave you guys with that and stay tuned for the next episode next week because I'm pretty sure we'll have a guest on for that one. She's awesome. She's really cool. Looking forward to interviewing her. I think you guys will really like her as well. So anyways, that's it for the live stream. And see you guys next time.